0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play.
1: Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of Cyberpunk.
0: I'm Toasty. A fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting.
1: And I'm Genesis, an old-school media tech with a love of character deep dives.
0: Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future.
1: We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Now, if you could safely view any major event that we have discussed so far, what would it be? Like a ghost Toasty is able to see the cloning of the cave lion, or would you want to be there when Johnny blew up Arasaka for the first time? You are 100% safe in this scenario. Can't die. Can't. Nothing bad can happen.
0: Nothing bad can happen. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. Johnny blowing up Arasaka for the first time. That's a pretty good one. That's a really good one. Um. Yeah, I guess a guess I'd probably go with that. Well, that's pretty good. That's yeah? pretty good. Yeah. Mm, I think so.
1: All right. That's, it does to... sound fun to be there. But, I mean, because there are so many big major events that happen throughout all of the lore that we have. So, I was trying to give a couple of different options, but...
0: Yeah, I was trying to, like... I mean, it'd probably be something 2077 related, if I'm being yeah. honest. Like... I don't know. I don't even know if it'd be like, I don't even know if safety would be a big deal there, you know, like, hmm. Cause it'd be cool to just like go, uh, just like to any, like the major stuff for, for like, like just the people just go to one of Carrie's concerts or something.
1: That's See, that's the one that I had in my mind. I was like, I want to go to a samurai concert at their peak. You know, not when they were first starting out or anything like that or not like the final concert before Johnny goes and blows up shit. No, I want to go to a samurai concert backstage passes at their peak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It'd be good.
1: <clears throat> All right. So, for the sheets, I know that last week we mentioned, like, because we know that Sovoil is the 7th highest ranking corporation in the entire world. I tried to find the other 5. I'm assuming that Arasaka is the number 1. And that probably right underneath them is Militech. Mm -hmm. But then everything else in between... We don't really have numbers on, so I got a lot of fan theories, but I haven't found anything with actual lore backing to it. Um, But I'm going to keep researching, though. Maybe there are financial reports in a book or something somewhere that I can find, and we can base it off of that.
0: Yeah, like we said, probably Biotechnica's in there, Petrokill's probably in there. I learned about a new corporation doing this research, so oh. I didn't realize. Yeah, there's a big corporation in China. Um, we'll get to that whenever we get to that. So,
1: Well, how about we get to that now? Since you mentioned it, we are traveling to China today. Uh, yeah, uh, continuing along the globe. We have covered Russia and all of that. So now we're moving just a little bit to the south. East, and hitting up China. The other giant land mass.
0: Yep. So, like much of the other uh, locations, um, history really diverges in the 90s um, with China as well. Uh, So, with the huge success of the reforms of uh, Deng Xiaoping, which shepherded China into opening itself to foreign markets and offering their like massive labor, labor force to uh, you know, other nations uh, as well. Uh, this led to a corrupt government as well as a corrupt form of barren capitalism. In response, Hua Yuchi, an ex-high school teacher, started a movement pushing for the return of Maoism and an agrarian policy. And in, just in case you aren't familiar, Maoism is a form of communism developed by Mao Tse Tung. It is a doctrine to capture state power through a combination of armed insurgency, mass mobilization, and strategic alliances. So, pretty crazy, uh, violent stuff. Um But this movement started by Hua Yuchi led to the creation of the Maoist Loyalist Cabal, which consisted of two million people, of which the majority was peasants, who moved against the government starting the Second Civil War.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mass mobilization and strategic alliances of armed insurgents. Like, that's how you're going to have your state-level power? That's not good.
0: That's the way they wanted it. Okay. By
1: 1995, the MLC had conquered Guangzhou. This put the People's Liberation Army fighting a war on three fronts. In the West, they had faced a Great Tibetan Uprising... In the northwest, Muslim extremists funded by Soviet by the Soviet Union and its megacorp SAVOIL. See episode one twenty three from Soviet something with love Russia in Cyberpunk. In the south, the Maoist loyalist cabal or the MLC allied with the Khmer Rouge of Cambodia. Is that Rouge or Rogue?
0: I think it's Rouge. Rogue okay. is R-O-G-U-E. G-U-E, yeah. Yeah, so rouge. Yeah.
1: Man, not in a very good position there. Um. No, they're getting screwed from every side. That sucks. Alright, but by 97, Britain had turned Hong Kong over to China, and the MLC spilled over into the new territories, sweeping through the countryside to Kowloon Bay. Riots in Hong Kong started to break out in 99, with the MLC starting to battle the triads and corporate forms in the region. Not long after, martial law was declared. The triads and corporations formed an alliance, while the neo-Hong Kong army reorganized to repel the invasion of the city.
0: By 2002... Northern China was subjected to famine as wheat crops were wiped out worldwide, leading to a flood of refugees into southern China. By 2005, the MLC practically controlled all of southern China. Meanwhile, a corporate war began in the South China Sea between Savoil and Petrochem, and since China was in disarray, they were unable to intervene and protect their interests in that area. In 2008, the Chinese Republic of Taiwan was finally formed with aid and support from Japan to back them. China during this time was too busy with the Civil War to respond, but the Taiwanese government, afraid of the MLC eventually invading, hired the Arasaka Corporation to plan a defense force. Well, Taiwan's got Arasaka backing now. Uh, try us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure anything with Arasaka behind them is might come out on top, or at least not on the bottom. Yep. China, under leadership of General Jiang Shaxi, signed the China-U.S. Mutual Aid Pact, which after Militech formed a joint venture with CITIC or the China International Trust and Investment Corporation, and the United States supplied China with arms and equipment. Several years later, in 2013, a cyber strike team assassinated Hua Yuqi. The PLA liberated city after city and province after province in rapid succession. By 2014, the PLA had reclaimed all of southern China except for the province of Hunan and the stronghold of the MLC, as well as crushing the uprisings in Tibet and... Oh, man. Xinjiang. Thank you. I think my Chinese is just as bad as my Russian.
0: I, um fortunately i took chinese in high school um as far as you know being able to talk in it uh not very good i've I've lost most of that knowledge but i do remember my pinyin. so
1: yeah i took um spanish and sign language so moving on from that <laughs> Uh, I actually went through earlier today and highlighted a bunch of these words and ran them through Google Pronunciate. So that way I would at least have a little bit of an idea on how to say them. So I'm trying. I'm learning. All right. When Hua was assassinated, the Neo HK Army raced across Victoria Harbor and fought their way in through Kowloon. They did not they did find long, long standing pockets of resistance to the MLC between themselves and the PLA who retook Canton. After liberation, the Neo HK Army Gurkhas, which were members of the Nepal military, were privatized. The Triad Corps alliance disbanded, and everyone went back to the old system of covert trade.
0: During the Fourth Corporate War, China was in a strange position politically. The government was worried about the recruiting efforts within Korea and Taiwan. They believed Arasaka was attempting to use troops against Militech assets within the country or use them against China. However, these worries were not considered much longer due to the revenue received by funding the war. Their space program was deeply in the black, selling satellite lifters to Arasaka for their artillery slash kill web. Their munitions industry was also making profit. China's arms were considered inferior to Japanese weapons, however, were the only ones available during the war.
1: So the satellite lifters, again, like, that's what... um... Russia was like Savoil was doing it, and then Africa's was also doing it. So I guess there really is a whole market. There's a whole bunch of countries that are doing the satellite lifting thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really cool. I,
0: I guess whatever you so, like obviously the for the high riders, it's very like big thing because like they control space. I guess just. I mean, they say, you know, kill sat web. I like it sounds like they were just basically all of them were trying to put satellites up in the in space for like weapon purposes. Mm. Like the I guess the the like sci fi, you know, thing of like, you know, weapon or, or satellites that fire laser beams from out of space. I guess yep. they actually have that. So uh, <laughs> this is what it sounds like to me, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, a kill satellite, a kill sat, a killer satellite would be something that could shoot a laser beam from space to Earth, and that is very scary.
0: Yeah, I'd prefer uh, not to have that. No. I'm cool without it.
1: Yeah, we're good. All right. By 2045, the Chinese government had. L- been exhausted by the fierce battles in the Mongolian Plateau and in the South China Sea for access to those regions' strategic resources. China also had not fully recovered from the loss of Hong Kong, the victim of biological terrorism. The city was surrounded by a hundred-foot wall built by China to contain the plague, and it had become a stronghold. Of Alt Cunningham, the AI. Hmm.
0: That's, that's super, super cool. Not the, you know, whole plague thing, but, you know, the AI, like it's a stronghold. It's so cool.
1: I also smell a like character deep dive. For sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, I just, I think, I was doing this part I remember like it reminded me of that um, that uh, that fucking Zack Snyder film like Army of the is it Army of the Dead maybe it was like on Netflix like last year or something I think it was last year where it's like it had Dave Batista in it or whatever but basically like zombie outbreak happened in Las Vegas and they just basically mm. put a giant wall around the city and like locked them in yeah. Um it's kind of is kind of that I guess just in this case it's whatever whatever biological th- agent they they send into the air or yeah, but that's awful but mm, I guess it's cyberpunk.
1: It is very cyberpunk. <laughs> uh
0: in 2077 China became the first country to ban human-driven vehicles. Instead, AI-driven ones would be issued by the government and people would be forced to get rid of their personal vehicles. Any personal bicycles owned by the public would also need to get tracking devices issued at government facilities. India signed a trade deal with China in order to strengthen relations between the two neighboring countries. And as stated last week, the Soviet Union and China competed to secure a major arms deal with Arasaka.
1: Okay, AI-driven vehicles, definitely something that we are aware of now in our timeline. Um, I don't know if we will get there in like, my lifetime where nobody is driving their car anymore.
0: I doubt it. I like people are still going to want to do it, even if it's like cheap and accessible.
1: Right. Like, yeah. That's, that's a like... whole nother factor is like making it cheap enough for everybody to have one. And like the whole, the whole infrastructure of the roads in order to make them drive, dri- uh, by AI. That's, that's never, I don't see that happening anytime soon. um, but
0: bicycles That'd be boring too, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could, I guess if you did, that's the case. You just be on your phone yeah. watching TikTok or something while your, <laughs> you know, your AI car drives you to work. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But bicycles, like the personal vehicles. What about if you got a skateboard? Do I have to register my rollerblades?
0: Probably. Like, knowing, knowing uh just how like strict a lot of these things are and just like well not specifically this just how strict things are in like china today yeah it it fits it honestly fits i mean like i'm pretty sure like you know i believe that like the the chinese government tracks all like every single bit of like uh internet data that every person does like, it is monitored heavily. Um, and then you, like, depending on what you do, you can get in a lot of trouble or whatever. Like, I believe pornography is illegal in China. Um, I don't know, it's like, yeah, it's like a lot of heavy. It's, it's a lot. It's very strict. It's very, like, trolling Uh, to some aspects. So having a tracking device put on your bicycle. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: So, as for their society, China has a pyramidal society consisting of the cadres, the military and corporate, art, artisan and merchant, peasant and refugee classes. So, I'll break each one of those down. The cadres. They are the party members and government workers. They are the card-carrying members of the party who get special privileges. They control their bureaucratic ministries and the political machine. Perks include cred sticks, good food, cars, free education, and spacious housing. Pay attention to that cred stick. It'll come up again. Military. They receive a free education and military housing. They also get food and good medical treatment. The corporates. They get company vehicles and housing, and they deal with the foreigners, and they run the joint venture businesses. The merchants and artisans. They run the stores and food shops. They make rugs, baskets, statues, and so on. Some of the farmers, or the very successful ones, are in this class. Members are allowed to keep some profits and live somewhat independently. If they make enough money, they are able to pay for their kids' education. The peasants make up the great majority of the population and work in the state-owned factories. They are organized into work units and live packed in rooms in the factory complexes. Peasants receive minimal state health care, minimal schooling for their children, and low-quality food. Minorities in tribal lands are also included in this group. And the refugees. They belong both to this class and to any of the aforementioned classes, their privileges and opportunities are based on what class they are a part of. I think that the government should provide the most aid to the most people. Like, mm. yeah, i'm'm I'm, I don't want to tirade tonight. I'm in a happy, good mood. So,
0: yeah, it's it's always it's always. I mean, just generally speaking, like cast systems usually are like great. And granted, you know that's in our uh, the minds of us Americans, but uh, right. It's still like it, whenever the majority like like yes you know, the majority of the population belongs to the peasant class or the poor class uh is it's rough it's pretty rough
1: yeah i mean there are always there's always going to be wage gaps and disparity and you know the the people who can't work for themselves or who have disabilities or struggles or even just you know Bad things happen, and so therefore they are going to be in a poorer class of people. I, but that that doesn't mean that them as a person is a peasant or a poor person. No, those are the ones that the government needs to step in and help out the most because they can't make their own money. <sighs> no, no, take the soapbox away, Toasty. Take it away.
0: Okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Moving on to the governmental structure. Um, Heading the government of China is the general secretary slash premier. Though they are two different positions, they can be held by the same person, which is currently the case. He leads the Committee of Communist Party Politburo, or the CCPP, which has 25 members It oversees the Central Committee, the State Council, and several communist groups. The Central Committee is in charge of deciding foreign policy, making the laws, and establishing investigative committees. The CCPP will accept or reject whatever the Central Committee recommends. It has 210 members who are provincial party leaders and or young cadre members. The state council has four vice premiers, 10 counselors and the ministers of the 45 ministries. It develops the internal quotas, controls the finances of the state and runs the daily machinery of government governing within the institutions of China the Army, universities, hospitals, and industry, the CCPP has created a parallel hierarchy. It monitors and acts as a check on the regular hierarchy within those institutions.
1: I don't understand how one person can hold both of these these positions. That, that seems very governmentally collusion-y, and I don't like it.
0: I mean, this is a communist governmental system.
1: Yes. But
0: I guess we're lucky to say that there's other people involved in the governmental process, because honestly, it could just be one dude in charge of everything, making all the decisions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. It's I mean, not efficient that way. Like you need, uh, or sh- you should need and want the help of like many different people to help run things because right. there's so many facets of running a country, especially one the size of China. With the, well, currently speaking, I imagine it's, uh, I, I believe it's still the case there in uh in in cyberpunk, but like they have the I. I believe it's the highest population uh, in the world with like 1 billion people or like mm-hmm. it's it's higher than that now it's like 1.4 billion people right. which is like a seventh of our population of the entire world
1: mm. mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah there should be more than what 45 ministries of the four.
0: 245 like 45 ministries, minutes. there's, yeah, the 210, like, it's, in a sense, it's kind of split up in different, like, separate, like, I don't know, I'm not gonna say it's set up like the, the U.S. government, but it's got a set of, like, where they have, like, their big leader, and then, like, with, like, their cabinet, I mean, essentially, a, yeah and then the there's, like, a legislative, um, kind of body with the 210 members Um, but other than that that's that's pretty much it you know and then like down to like the state level so
1: oh okay well before we bring law and order to this podcast why don't we take a mid break I
0: don't want law and order on this podcast we're getting arrested
1: (laughs) We would get arrested for so many different things, especially if we had to live by these laws and rules. We'd, we'd be screwed. All right. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore. Tosie, why don't you do the mid-break today?
0: You can't just blindside me with this. I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> what do you mean? What? Um uh fuck <laughs> a mid-break one time, Jen. <laughs> one time in my entirety of podcasting. Um, I guess, anyways, since I'm doing it this time, you're gonna get the craziest, most hectic midbreak uh you've ever heard on this podcast. Um, uh, but of course, as always, we'd like to thank our patrons, uh, all 17 of you, uh, we really appreciate your support. Um, and uh, something Jen would probably say something like, love you from the bottom of our heart. But since I'm a cold son of a bitch, I'm not going to include that part. Uh, <laughs> um, and also, we don't... <laughs> Have any new reviews. I hate you so much uh, we don't have any new reviews this week but if you would like to leave us a five star review on Apple uh you could have it read out on the show or um if if you don't want to do that you can also leave us uh, a five star rating on your podcasting platform of choice um and we would also like to let you know that uh We still have that wonderful little code at uh, Metallic Dice Games um, whenever you go and and get whatever. Uh, I I don't they have dice. I know that they have other stuff, I think, but I know that they have dice. But uh, at checkout, you can enter uh, CPLC for Cyberpunk Lorecast uh, at checkout um, and get what is it like 10% off um, your order and uh, we'll get like a little bit of kickback from that. So if you want to get, you know, some new dice for yourself, for, you know, the awesome cyberpunk red campaign that you're starting up or, you know, gift for a friend, um, go do that. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Good job. You're done. You're done.
0: This is the last episode of the Cyberpunk Podcast you'll <laughs> oh, be
1: hearing
0: ever. No. <laughs> Jin has broken it.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, that was great. And I had no idea that I was about to say that. I just said it and then you rolled with it. So congratulations. Good job. I appreciate and love you from the bottom of my heart as much as I love our patrons. And yeah, no new reviews, no new patrons this week, and go to cplc at metallicdicegames.com And now Toasty hates me. But it's okay, because I still love him. Love.
0: Alright. On with the show!
1: (laughs) Now you can say that you've done a mid-break. Good job. I've done a mid-break
0: before, but when I was prepared for it, (laughs) Jin, I knew I was going to do it.
1: Never been blindsided. You um, could have said no. And then I would have picked it back up and gone with it. I was saying no and you weren't doing...
0: You were just like looking at me and I was like, <laughs> I guess I can't say no. I guess I have no choice now. This is what I got to do. Now <laughs> the Patriots are not the Patriots. Now everyone is going to hear me continuing the rest of the show with a slightly angrier voice than I had before. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, moving on to... Um, Something that honestly should probably make you pretty angry. Uh, Law and order in China, cyberpunk China. Um, So uh, as you might have guessed, uh, China is still a communist police state, though with a more relaxed business sense than the strict Maoists. As a dictatorship, political dissidents and democracy seekers are still put in psych wards and work camps for counter-revolutionary activities. This serves as an example to ensure that everyone follows the infinite rule. Permits are required for everything from opening a shop, to buying a TV, to traveling abroad. And even though you pass all the tests, you still may not get it as more backdoor guanxi, or like favor dealing, um, or gaining... More trust uh, is needed to cut the totalitarian red tape. Even though the MLC has long since been handled, China is still under semi-martial law. Capital punishment is used for everything from murder to theft. Public security often acts like judge and jury, especially if the offenders are only refugees. Those who are more well-off might make it to the courts before they are hanged or beheaded, but cadres can usually walk off with a party reprimand for anything short of murder, and sometimes even then. Public executions are the, the norm, with the bodies displayed afterwards as a warning to others. Those who aren't executed may be put in prisons, work camps, or prison factories to make goods for export. Like the Chinese say, make one thing serve two purposes. The most popular place for prisons is in the Three Furnaces area in Xijin, where the extreme heat keeps the inmates sedated. All Chinese prisons are
1: high security. Oh, I, I, I would be dead. Big time dead. I, I can't believe this. This is insane. Well... Maybe it's because they need to keep their population down? Like,
0: for that? Is this even like a concern? Like, is it even a concern in Cyberpunk? Oh, like, that's a good point. Population's so fucked, regardless, but like, uh, they're just, just because the MLC, it's they, just like, it made everything like shit. Obviously. <laughs> I only hear about stuff like this on like, like, fictional works usually like this level. Yeah, like, damn.
1: I mean, a beheading for a theft—that seems insane. I mean, but I guess, yeah. Mm.
0: Or you know, yeah, like, or the 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 like, war crime of like putting them in like super hot prison so that they don't like they don't have the energy to revolt ever like the fuck
1: there is a prison like that here in the states um where it is an outdoor yeah so i will do a little bit of research on this and talk about it next week because I want to get my facts straight, but it is a outdoor prison. I watched a documentary on it. It's basically you get tents, just a couple of big open tents. And that's where the entire prison is. And people can't leave because the temperature gets over like 110 degrees out there. So even if you make a run for it, you're just going to run out into the freaking desert. And it's you're going to die out there. I will have to do more research on it. Yeah. Okay. Weapon laws. Let's move on to that. Um, Because the weapon laws are also very strict. For civilians, nothing more than a 10 round capacity handgun and minimal body armor is allowed. And just cause must be shown as to why you need it, which is just a fancy way of saying you must be a government official or a cor- corpo. Peasants, merchants, and most others must buy their gear illegally and keep them hidden. Licenses are needed for cyberware, and only the military and the rich have cyberware because of it.
0: What the hell? Like, what the hell? <laughs> You can't even protect yourself. Mm Mm-mm. And it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like crime is probably still pretty damn bad, even with all the punishments that they have in place.
1: Yeah. Well, punishment is only bad if you get caught doing the crime.
0: If you you don't get caught. Yeah. They got, like, probably, I feel like the majority of people get caught in this situation, if I had to guess. Yeah,
1: The centuries-old triads are active throughout China, running criminal enterprises that are involved in the black market, smuggling, and vices. Within China, there are also gangs, some of which evolve into triads. Fortunately, due to the restrictions on cyberware, these gangs are nowhere near as dangerous as the gangs in the U.S. or in Europe due to them being far less lethal and less psychotic. Which, yeah, if you can't cyber up, you can't go cyber psycho. Um, and if you can only carry around 10 bullets at a time, you can't really do a whole lot of damage to people.
0: Yeah, this is definitely more like... I mean, Specifically what it says, like, with uh, black market smuggling and vices, is you yeah. like, can't do any, like... Of the violent crimes because of the restrictions, so you know, put it up to money laundering. You know, that's what we got to do. Uh, moving on to uh, a facet uh, of that uh, definitely has more access to all of these things: the military. The People's Liberation Army has ten point five million men and women. Under arms, a force more than five times as large as the combined assets of the neo-Soviet regular armed forces and corporate forces. Unlike the EEC, the United States and Japan continues to practice industrial-scale warfare. The army's equipment is a couple of generations behind that of Militech and only slightly inferior to the equipment of the NUSA Army. It prefers using long-range artillery to soften up the opposition before sending in the troops. PLA soldiers are effective on various types of terrain and far better than American soldiers at hand-to-hand combat. The Navy has numerous ships, but most of them are surface vessels. Its equipment is on par with that of the NUSA Navy. Due to their rivalry with Japan, the need to deal with Taiwan and kick Saudi oil out of the South China Sea, the Chinese are starting to build more submarines. While the air force itself is small and dated, it does possess a vast arsenal of missiles including nuclear armed ones. China has cruise missiles with a range of 2000 kilometers and an intermediate range ballistic missile capable of covering most of the Soviet Union.
1: <laughs> Wait, that—that's a big space. That's yeah. That, that, that was what 82, 000, 82 million miles. So, yeah, what? something
0: like that. I, I think so. Something like that.
1: Holy jeebus, that's that's a big bullet. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That's ridiculous. When it
0: comes to the elite forces of China, it is where the Chinese shine. Their special forces have Militech equipment and training. They are selected at a young age from either elementary or middle school. Chinese elite troops are the equal of the NUSA special forces. Okay. They got child soldiers.
1: I need clarification on this from somebody who knows more than I do. That, okay. Selected at a young age from elementary or middle school. Okay, yes, I obviously full wholeheartedly disagree with child soldiers. The next sentence. Chinese elite troops are the equal of the NUSA special forces. Does the NUSA also have child soldiers and our child soldiers are equal to Chinese elite troops? Or are they saying that their little 12-year-old with a handgun is as good as my military-trained official in his mid-20s? I believe it's the
0: latter, I believe it's the latter.
1: Both options are scary and I do not like them.
0: I think it's the latter. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody... Uh... Hop in the Discord, give us a confirmation on that, or we'll look it up for next uh, for the Scream Sheet uh, next episode. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the latter.
1: I don't They're- like either option, but okay. Um, I'll send another question on something. I like the fact that they also have women in their armed forces. Good job. I guess.
0: Absolutely. Considering, I think of like uh, the women in China are typically considered inferior to men, like nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that honestly, that's just um, you know a step, yeah, in the right direction. But you know, to counteract their like. 20 bajillion steps in a uh, not as nice direction
1: in the child uh, direction. In- yeah. 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 That's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A real, a real one step forward, 16 and a half steps backwards on that one right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's move on to something a little less controversial and talk money uh thank you for assigning the accountant all the discussions about money
0: <laughs> i i you know i just split them up going down the line based on you starting and then me going after you so it just came around to this but you're welcome
1: <laughs> all right china uses the one the yuan and mainly uses paper money the official exchange rate is 1 euro dollar for 4 yuan. The actual rate is about 12 yuan for an eddy. All Chinese companies must pay their people in yuan. Most businesses in China deal only in yuan. It is only in the big cities, in the international banks and guailo hotels, that they have the CTDs and can exchange Eurobucks, American dollars, or yen. Shanghai Bank, Sumitomo, and American Express World have offices in Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Chengdu. China would like to establish a CRUD system, but the logistics of CRUD chipping over a billion with a B peasants is nightmarish and most people make too little to even bother with it. The only ones who have cred chips now are the cadres and the corpos and some rich army personnel and merchants. Yeah. I mean, I could understand that from a logistic standpoint. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it worked when we kind of switched over from a paper society to a debit card society. Like, I'm pretty sure that my parents just got them in the mail. Or they went to their bank and said, hey, I would like one of the plastic monies. I guess so. How does cred chipping work? Is that, like, actually... Oh, that's the chip in the so, slot yeah, in the back of the had, head. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, uh, like in Edge Runners, they had all their cred chips in there. it's essentially yeah. your wallet and your neck. Yeah. So they would have to fit every member of their country with uh ne- uh neural links and chipware sockets and then make yeah, cred chips. For every single one of those people, hmm. that's a lot of money.
1: It is a lot of money. I understand that, but m- aren't most people chipped anyways because they need it for their ID? Or are
0: not in China? Not in China. The of it because okay. they don't have si- like they don't have any cyberware available to most people. Yeah. So, uh, so moving on. To CITIC, the China International Trust and Investment Corporation, or CITIC, or I will say CITIC for short, uh, was set up by the People's Liberation Army in the late 1980s. For all all intents and purposes, it is China's megacorporation, a state-owned megacorp and the only one in China. It's divisions make most of the goods for internal use. They have a joint venture with Militech, the American military industrial megacorp called CCMMC. Um, I tried to look up if this stood for something or what it stood for. I, uh, I couldn't find it. Um, Jay Gray, I know you listen to this, so so fucking add us, fucking let us know. Which arms and equips the People's Liberation Army. Militech provides the PLA with tech support and bulk discounts. China, in turn, gives Militech plenty of testing space, a low overhead, and cheap labor. Though the equipment the PLA receives is not as good as those carrying the Militech label, it's far cheaper. Most foreigners do their business in China via joint ventures. The primary partner being, Citic. Um, and with a small side note, um, that uh, turns out that while Kang Tao is a Chinese corporation, it is based out of Taiwan. Um, which I believe I said before that it was. I may have just I may have just called it a Chinese corporation, but I may have said that it was in China. Is it correct? Uh, it's based out of Taiwan, but it's still controlled, uh, a Chinese-controlled uh, corporation. So
1: so was CITIC the corporation that you learned about?
0: Yes. It sounds like a big deal, too.
1: It, it, it does, uh, as it is, like, the only megacorp in China.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. the largest populated country in the world. Still, I believe. So, yeah. Kind of a big deal.
1: And I would also think that, yes, it would be the most populated. Because if there's a billion peasants and then there's the people in the ranks above them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, What could that stand for? CCMMC. Uh, China Corporation Military. Tech Mega Corporation, China.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think. It's a joint venture with between Militech and them. The something, yeah,
1: China Corporation, okay. Militech Mega Corporation.
0: Yeah, oh. no, no, I'm not clever. I'm not clever with words, so I have no idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Chinese black market. Almost everyone uses the black market from time to time. There you can get almost everything imported. Uh, everything from imported food to guns, to cyberware, to satellite dishes sex and drugs, and of course the Japanese brain dances. There is a thriving illegal money trade. Fixers buy foreign currency or token chips and sell them to the to the other Chinese. These buyers use the cash to buy foreign goods from companies that won't accept the one or for imported or smuggled goods. The rates aren't as good at the bi- as the banks, but if it's after 11 p.m. and all you have is 400 euro and the merchant only takes you on script, the black market money changers become not only a convenience, but the only option. There are also quite a few face banks set up in the Hong Kong and Shanghai net nodes and are triad-affiliated Another hot item is the black market language chips. In mainland China, the only legal language chips are Mandarin Chinese, English, and Japanese. However, there are illegally produced chips for most of the minority languages, such as Lijiang, Turk, and Tibetan. It is rumored that some of these chips have lethal programs written into them and that they are actually released by the government. Rude. That's all I got to say about that.
0: I guess that's just like expedited capital punishment. Huh. If they're illegally bu- purchasing language chips, which is, you know, uh, at that point, because it's illegal, it's a crime, and because they use capital punishment for just about everything. It means that those people are probably going to get killed or or, uh, beheaded for their, their crime. But if they just put the lethal programs into the chips, then that just means that they'll die once they use it. And you're just expediting the process. It's efficient, right? uh,
1: Yes. I'm also trying to understand and think of why restricting language would be something that you would do. Like why would speaking Tibetan be illegal?
0: I don't know if it's like maybe just avoiding the possibility of people like using their like you know, the more minority languages in order to like form Revolts or uprisings. Hmm. Like. If you. Have to communicate. To others via. The major languages. And therefore. Like you know. A letter about revolt. Has a chance to be intercepted. And can be read. Then like. You know. It's you're less likely to. Be tempted to do something like that. Whereas it would be more. Covert if you sent it in You know Tibetan and Like it was intercepted And they're like well I don't know what the fuck this says Because it's in Tibetan And I don't speak that or something I don't know yeah. It is I mean that, that poses that you just Start leading into the question of like You know uh, Why Why has restricting knowledge Been a common theme for like Large controlling governments in the past, which is, you know, an educated populace is a dangerous populace. Mm -hmm. So we keep them dumb. They're less likely to be a threat.
1: Keep them dumb and keep it so that way they can't communicate with other people who would tell you like, no, that's actually really bad for your government to be doing that to you. We should do something. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Mm hmm. Um, And uh, last but not least uh, Transportation Uh, Though the countryside looks like that Of ancient China or a third world nation The cities are modern with the net, cars And public transportation Like the cities in the west or Japan The skylines are made up of skyscrapers Most of this transportation Is done by train. I like trains. Uh, sorry, I had to make that joke. I was thinking about it when I was t- like typing it up, and I was like, I, to fuck that. I had to do it. <laughs> uh, and these can be electric, but are more usually diesel or coal, surprisingly. Uh, in Beijing, Shanghai, and ha- Hong Kong, however, you can see normal people with small cars or motorcycles. And in most cities, buses, pedicabs, and bicycles are still the norm. Uh, big M.E. and A.V.s are reserved for cadre members or military usage.
1: That's cool. I like trains still being a thing. I don't like them using diesel or coal. We definitely need to move away from that. Like, we're doing that now. Yeah, get with the
0: times, China. Everyone's on that two shit.
1: Right? Call out oh although (laughs) all right toasty this has all been really amazing information learning about china and all the different aspects of it we can definitely tell that a lot is different between real world china and the china of cyberpunk um so and it's just also fascinating because some of these things definitely need to stay in a fiction setting only and should never be brought into real world mechanics or anything of the sort um and but then also there are a couple things in the real world that i would like for the fictional world to pick up um let people speak more languages uh Maybe convert your money over from Yuan to Eddie's just to make it consistent throughout the entire world. Because what the only other one is American dollars. Are those American dollars are different than Eddie's. Do we have both in. I mean, obviously mm. they're American dollars. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I've noticed
0: how, like, um, what Fallout, how you can find pre war money. Hmm. Good uh, point. I imagine like it's it were converted, but I'm sure that's still like maybe like smaller businesses or or like more rural areas of of uh, you know the US may still work in American dollars. Yeah.
1: And that they came up with a intermediate range, which scares the hell out of me. Intermediate range ballistic missile capable of covering most of the Soviet Union. I'm sorry there's beginning, intermediate and advanced or extreme are you saying that you can shoot from here and then like basically shoot your neighbor but going around the other side of the world instead? Is that your advanced level missile? Yeah probably (sighs) Please don't bring that into the real world
0: Yeah yeah. It's rough
1: it is. Okay. I think I'm thoroughly excited and depressed. <laughs> it's a good time to wrap it up for the night. So please follow us on Twitter, at uh, cyberpunk lore. You can also find us on patreoncom slash cyberpunk lore where we put out ad free versions of the episode each week. And most of them have a little bit of bonus content thrown in there. Um, uh, stuff that i edit out for the main show but keep in for the patrons as just a little bit of added extra laughs between toasty and i Uh, and then you can also join us at the end of every month for our patreon live chats where we pick a topic about the world of cyberpunk and just go all out deep dive and fan theories and stuff that we really like about it so it should definitely be interesting at the end of this month to find out what we are going to be talking about and if you would like to share an idea of where of what you would like to discuss in the patreon topic go ahead and hit up the robots radio discord a link to that is in the description and say that you are a fan of the cyberpunk lore cast and you will be added to our channel uh where we have some really cool pictures being thrown around some interesting lore dumps it's it's a great place on the internet. So come and join us. The Robot. Jay Gray Day.
0: has been chatting in there a bit more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jay Gray from R Sorian, Cool dude. And sometimes he drops some some fucking knowledge bombs on us just out of nowhere. And then everyone starts talking about what they think about all of it. So if you want to be a part of that those conversations,
1: go over yes. there. Yeah. And if you would like to extend the conversation about cyberpunk, you have a great show.
0: Yes, The Witcher Lore Cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great setup.
0: i <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to ruin it.
1: To... No, no, that was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, so. The main
0: other show that I do um is uh the Witcher Lorecast. Uh I do with Tom Robots. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the Witcher or the Witcher Universe, um but uh you know where Jin was actually going with that segue uh was uh I also do a show uh a Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Uh, called Cyberpunk'd, Cyberpunk apostrophe D that I do with the Almighty Crit and Fumbling 4 gang. I said that in the opposite thing. That I do with the Fumbling 4 and Almighty Crit gang.
1: I mean, but the Almighty Crit and the Fumbling 4 gang is still correct.
0: It felt wrong coming out of my mouth, so.
1: I know that feeling and respect that. If you would like to listen to more of me, I am one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. We, tomorrow night, we are starting Mass Effect 3 romances. And I've been waiting for this one. So. Uh, very, very fun episodes coming up on there. So come give us a listen. Come give us a follow. And while you are out there on the interwebs downloading our podcast episodes, please also download uh, Miracle of Sound. Gav has some really awesome, awesome music out there.
0: And just by disclaimer, when Jin says tomorrow night, and this is recorded January 19th. She means January 20th But uh, that, pod, that Specific podcast episode will be Released the day after This podcast episode is released On your podcasting platform So You know, yeah
1: See, and this is why I love my beast mode Because I think in terms of Dates, not release dates Because I know what I'm doing tomorrow night And that's what I Yeah
0: that's fair i just thought i'd put that disclaimer because
1: because nobody is going to hear anymore right so nobody is going to hear this episode before i record two girls exactly yep all right so thanks for listening tonight guys and always
0: stay safe at night city Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me
1: as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.